0: Good afternoon, good morning, or whenever you happen to be listening to this, welcome to the Film Realist Podcast, the film and TV podcast from a complete nobody. That's hopefully for somebody. I am your host, Kyle Naranya, dealing with a cold. Could not delay this episode anymore. I desperately wanted to talk about the feature film review, and it worked out perfectly for me that in delaying the review, there was some breaking news that happened within the last couple hours that I am recording this right now. So I'm going to get into the news, which is that we have... The, finally, the two leads of Superman Legacy have been cast. We have a Superman, we have a Lois Lane. Let's get into that and then we'll get into the review of this week, which is Elemental, the latest film from Pixar. As mentioned in the intro, Superman Legacy now has a Superman and it has a Lois Lane. David Corenswet will be playing the titular character of Clark Kent, Kal-El, Superman, And Rachel Brosnahan will be playing Lois Lane, the Daily Planet. I don't know if she'll be a Pulitzer winner yet, but eventually I believe Lois Lane does win one in the comics at least. They are both in their 30s. Well, David is not yet. He's 29, so fitting in that age range that James Gunn was looking for. James has said that this is not an origin story, but it is in the earlier years of Clark being Superman. There has been debate amongst who was going to get the role amongst the six actors that were vying for the role of Lois Lane and Clark Kent. So they have been confirmed by The Hollywood Reporter and James Gunn that these are the two leads. If you're curious at all, David is 6'4". I don't know if height necessarily matters. We've had a variety of heights for our Superman. I actually don't know what Rachel Brosnahan's height is, but... I'm going to be completely honest, I am not overly familiar with his work. I looked up his IMDb and there weren't a ton of things that I think I would have crossed paths with him in terms of entertainment. I know Pearl was something that really put him on the radar and some people were predicting that he was going to get the role. I did not watch The Politician. So in my mind, and this is by no means a shot to David whatsoever, he's an unknown. Typically, that has worked for the role of Superman. You go all the way back to Christopher Reeve, George Reeves. You'd have to go even further back for that. But Brandon Routh, Henry Cavill, they have all been unknowns and have, for the most part, I'd say, been successful in their portrayals of the man of steel everyone's gonna have their favorites but now there is a new one for a new generation who we will likely f- see for the first time in superman legacy in 2025 written and directed by james gunn rachel brosnahan is the wonderful miss Maisel. i always mess up the title of that show what is it called marvelous miss mazel Another spectacular adjective. She is phenomenal in that television series, winning Golden Globes and Emmys. So this is one of the actresses that was vying for the role that I thought would be a phenomenal fit for Lois Lane. Having that wit and that independence that she will need to portray this character is something we've certainly seen from Miss Maisel. I know that these characters, it's hard to address overall excitement or disappointment sorry i should correct myself it's easy to address whether or not you think that these actors are going to fit the role personally i feel that it's a wait and see at this point i'm obviously reacting because i know it's something that i'm assuming if you're listening to this you wanted to hear me react to but i'm more curious about what david looks like in the superman suit particularly are we going to have a unique suit that's Similar, but also its own thing, rebooting to some degree the DC Universe, the DCU as it's going to be called moving forward, is going to be a monumental task for James Gunn. And now that we actually have some on-camera talent that we know we are going to see with the Howling, not Howling Commandos, that's from Marvel. Oi, oi, oi. But with the Creature Commandos, we know that those actors are likely going to be portraying them if they do eventually make it into live action so superman being the first film we are going to be getting out of the dcu universe is exciting we now know who's going to be in the suit and who's going to be the lois lane love interest to some degree i would assume but i'm hoping that the portrayal of lois does fit more with how we have seen that character this is a terrible sentence i apologize but How that character has been more independent. Well, that has been there for most of the characters run. Lois has had her own interesting stories that have not necessarily had to do with Superman. Whether there's an investigation that she's involved with. I've always enjoyed that aspect of Lois Lane where there's an investigation. Whether that's into something that necessarily has to do directly with the A plot. Or potentially could be an investigation into who Superman may be to be her big exclusive. Time will tell. We will get to see production stills, trailers. There's a long ways away before we get this movie in July of 2025. So there you go. That's my opinions on the casting of Superman and Lois Lane. Now I'm going to get into a non-spoiler review of Pixar's latest film, Elemental. Apologies again for how I sound. I'm trying to get through this. I didn't want to miss a week. And this is a film I want to review because I want to recommend you go out and see it. I think that this film was marketed, marketed horribly by Disney. This falls under with same sort of issues we had from the marketing for strange worlds turning red to some degree, although ultimately that just got dropped on Disney plus, which is something that is disappointing to me. But Elemental's marketing campaign, unfortunately, I think presented the most surface level element I guess intended of what the film has to offer which is yes there are people made of different elements how could they possibly get along or potentially fall in love and while yes that is present in the film because it was not in the marketing material unfortunately I can't get into why I think this is one of the better Pixar films in quite a while going all the way back through looking at it Lightyear is a movie I did actually quite enjoy but outside of turning red Over the last three years, it's crazy that there have been this many films in three years, but in six years, we've had Onward, Soul, Luca, Turning Red, Lightyear, and Elemental. Outside of those, Turning Red is my favorite, but I think Elemental is just as good as Turning Red. Onward, I was not a big fan of. Soul, I thought, was good, but had the potential to be something really special, like something like Inside Out. Luca, I was not a fan of. I don't want to get into a Luca review because that'll make me sad. But Ember and Wade, as the two protagonists, present something very different we haven't seen for quite a while. Wade being the male lead of the film is very emotional. And there in pop culture in general, there has been this push positively to destigmify what a man can be or the gender of man. And I think the fact that they were the one of the protagonists of this film is somebody who is very in tune with his emotions and talks about how he's feeling is happening more and more frequently. And the fact that that is presented here in another children's animated film, one that is family friendly, I commend Pixar for doing that. Obviously, I've already mentioned Inside Out and that got the ball rolling, at least from this studio, in terms of it's okay to be sad. That emotion is important and it's just as important as the other ones presented in the film. Ember is another character who does not talk about her emotions and it works with the overall plot of the story and where that character art comes from. I think the visual visuals in the film are very vibrant and colorful. We get to see a lot of different lighting presentations. I apologize if this review is kind of all over the place. I have not been sleeping well. Uh, (laughs) Benefits of having two children under six. So the world that we're introduced to is very cool. It is similar to something like Zootopia, where we had the prey and the predators. But the fact that from a physics standpoint, all four of these elements are able to move around in such a different way is really cool. And the lighting we get from Ember, depending on what environment she's in, she can be the light source, similar to how Joy was in Inside Out. Like most of the Pixar films, if the leads don't work, then the film kind of falls apart. And I like the back and forth between Ember and Wade, them being so diametrically opposed in terms of their upbringing and their personalities and their relationships with their parents. It provides a variety of experiences to be represented on the screen. And outside of that, I think it's really difficult to talk about what this film represents. If you're a fan of Turning Red, I think this is a film for you that is much broader in terms of the strokes it's trying to paint and how represented a large group of people may be in the film. I wish I could talk about it, but I don't think I can because it's not in the marketing material. But outside of that, of the thing I can't talk about, which is ultimately why I really did enjoy the film, I think the zany comedy might be used too much which to some degree i can understand there has been this push not push there it has become more and more consistent in family friendly entertainment to have faster and sillier jokes presented on screen because of a fear of attention span but i have to be honest if you're sitting for an hour and a half film this is definitely something that i would recommend seeing on the big screen because of the environment of element city getting to see What the worlds are like is still something I really enjoy from Pixar, how they are able to have the biggest details to how the city would work front and center, whether that's transportation or the smallest things, whether how an element species may eat or how they would travel. It's very fun and very entertaining. And I think that this is a movie that will really work for families of all ages I'm going to be completely honest and I'll explain to you why in the spoiler section of the review. I cried during the climax of this film. It really did hit home for me. But where there there was criticism with Turning Red being too specific with what it was trying to do, I don't agree with that. I know I would be biased in saying that I don't agree with that given my perspective. But I think Elemental takes what Turning Red was able to do and it does something in broader strokes and outside of being able to talk about it which i'm going to get to very quickly in spoilers i think if you choose not to see this in theaters of course you're entitled to that but i would recommend it and if i can't recommend it enough to see it in theaters i would highly recommend as soon as this pops up on Disney+, Plus, whether that's relatively soon, because unfortunately it's not doing super well in the box office, although it did appear to have a bump given the positive reception that this film completely does deserve. I would recommend, check, recommend checking it out on a streaming service as soon as you can watch it. I can't talk about really anything else that has to do with the film without getting into spoilers, so I'm going to do that. You have been warned. Upcoming spoilers for Elemental. All right, here we go. Spoilers for Elemental. While well, we are introduced to the fire elements with Bernie and Cinder, who are Ember's parents, they are immigrants to Element City. They came from the a land of just fire people. This is something that the film, un, confusing to me, does not market. So Turning Red was a film that some argued was too specific with its culture because the fact that it was... Very specifically, Toronto, and then also very Asian in the story that it was telling. Now, being somebody who is biracial, I really did relate to everything that was happening in Turning Red. But the fact that the elements representing different cultures in this film are not one specific, I'm going to get into why I felt that Burning and Cinder were something, were leading towards something more specific. But in terms of the strokes of the story, Their immigrant story and having to deal with the relationship they have with a daughter who has grown up in this place that is full of possibilities is something that I would say is a thousand percent universal. Whether you are second generation, first, third, fourth, fifth, there is something that anybody who has family, who was not born in the country they are from, there is something to grasp in the relationships amongst the different generations of your family. Wade being somebody of water that Element City was designed for, does not feel like an outsider. And we get that perspective from Ember, where Element City was not designed for people from fire. And water, being an element that can put out fire, is an element that Bernie, in particular, has prejudice towards. He has specific ideas about what it means to be somebody who is from the water. And one of the aspects that I mentioned already why I thought that Inside Out was so successful is the way that it was able to present ideas around mood and specifically with children and how your emotions affect who you are. But while none of them are bad, it is important to accept how you are feeling and to not to manage, but all the feelings you are going to feel are valid. And how do we express those in a healthy and meaningful way? Whether that has to do with the people around us and letting people in in general at the climax of the film she, ultimately riley does tell her parents spoilers i guess for inside out that she's feeling sad and that the move has been hard on her clearly she has not been mentally healthy that is all the different changes in riley's life had affected her and the fact that she is able to talk to her parents about her own mental health helps in destigmatizing the conversation around mental health it is not i it is not that it's not subtle it is the way that this the message around prejudice and to some degree in this i guess it would be elementism is is presented is in a a is not talking down to children but talking to them in a way where the message being presented can be absorbed no matter the age that you are and something that pixar has always been successful at is contextualizing something that can be very adult but manageable to a younger audience And getting to see the growth that even Ember has, our lead female character, with Wade being somebody who is water, is a really great relationship. They are automatically designed not to be with each other. They do fall in love. But the fact that they learn that them being together quite literally changes their chemistry and that they can overcome whatever their differences might be is a fantastic message. And it's a story as old as time. It's Romeo and Juliet. It's West Side Story. You go back about people being two different love interests, being from different worlds, different planets, different species. It's something that we've seen throughout time. And the fact that Pixar, I think, was able to bring that into element successfully is something that I really enjoyed. And the struggle that Ember goes through, not wanting to let her family down, specifically her father, who has this store that is essentially a grocery store store, uh, tool store for anybody from the fire nation I, not from avatar the last airbender but the the group of fire that lives outside of element city as i said in the non-spoiler section element city was not designed for fire so the fact that they've had to develop their own small city you which specifically for me i think that Fire's presented to be from an asian culture around The examples presented around what their culture is from where they come from and how they connect to each other seems to be specifically that. I believe the actress who played, yes, I'm correct. So Leah Lewis, who plays Ember is of Chinese descent. And I'm, I did not look this through, but I believe that both of her parents are, are of Asian descent as well. And in presenting The outsider immigrant story in an element as to uh, as as opposed to a specific race, I think allows the opportunity for this message to be significantly more universal than for somebody who hit the speed bump with, well, I'm not Asian for turning red, so I can't relate to what the story they're telling is, which, again, I don't necessarily agree with. But if that was a barrier for you into. Absorbing the rest of the story, which is just about a mother and her daughter. I think having that element being removed as a speed bump and in getting into the film that the, the arcs for both characters, Wade realizing that Ember is right about things he probably is and isn't. And Ember realizing what has been bothering this horror this whole time. It's something subconscious that she wasn't even willing to talk about on her own, but in developing this love for wade realizes that she has repressed this want to go and do something of her own right we learn that she is a phenomenal glass maker and wade's own family who again from an economic standpoint seems to be rich as they live in this fancy apartment in the middle of element city so while we also get a allegory for the immigrant story. We also get one from the economic standpoint, which does typically tend to be the case from families that have been in their country for generations or somebody who showed up relatively recently, whether that's one or two generations ago, there is this thing of generational wealth that carries down throughout your generations or throughout the lineage of your family. And having that message be presented in this almost tiered structure really works to the film's advantage. While some may say that the message is hammered too aggressively, I don't think that that is the case. I think that there is a balance to this film. The B story about the leak, I think, is presented as if it's going to be somewhat more sinister, but it appears to just sort of be an accident. That this water that should not have been in the area that the fire el- fire element people are living is affecting all of the businesses and obviously could be potentially dangerous for all of the fire people in general is something that doesn't ultimately lead to a compelling conclusion. It just connects more to how Ember's glass work and her skill with manipulating sand into glass. We get to see that develop throughout the film. There is a near death with Wade, and I think the payoff of him coming back would have been significantly more tragic, and the relationships with everybody getting to evolve and seeing everyone's perspective and the meaning Behind each of the perspectives and realizing that there is a different point of view is, again, a very healthy message that is presented in not a high horse standpoint, but it's a learning opportunity. And as diversity, representation and equality continues to be a part of film and TV moving forward, this film has the opportunity to be, as I said, something earlier, something that is universal. And I, again... At the end of it, I would recommend you go and see it. It's fun. I was in a theater full of kids, and they seem to be enjoying it. If you're ever in a kid's film, that or a film that is specifically targeted at children, you know that it's a good film if it's quiet in the theater, because it has their attention. That is a skill that Pixar has seemed to manage for almost 30 years at this stand- standpoint. That will do it for my review of Elemental. If you saw it, tweet at me. And if you didn't see it and you go to see it after this, you can tweet at me as well. I'm at Kyle underscore Naranya. That's N-O-R-O-N-H-A. Or you can tweet at Film Realists. Let's find out what's coming up next week. All right, next week, if you are keeping track of our June blockbuster spectacular, that's crazy that we've had this many massive movies in only four to five weeks. Next week will be... Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. Now, I am seeing this film super late, so there may be a slight delay in the release of the podcast. I do not think that will be the case, but it may be a very tired podcast. Who knows? It could be something quite special. I forget to do this probably every other week. The theme song for the show was composed by the band You Versus Me. You can find their music on Apple Music and Spotify. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and I hope to see you next time. Have a good week.